Hello and welcome to Note Doctors Summer Shorts. My name is Paul. My name is Jen. My name is Ben. And we are your hosts. We are all university music theory instructors who are passionate about music theory and music theory instruction. In these short episodes, we will be sharing with each other and all of you musical examples and teaching tips covering a wide range of topics. So if you want to know more about music theory and the most effective and innovative ways to teach it, this is the podcast for you. So welcome back to another episode of Note Doctor's Summer Shorts. So you are joining us midstream as we are journeying through to find musical examples by underrepresented composers. Um, again, we're looking for uh, musical examples that would fit within a theory uh, curriculum and uh, looking for uh, composers who meet one of the following criteria, be female composer, composer of color, be less than 50 years old, either the age or 50 years old <laughs> as far as when it was composed, or an LGBTQ plus composer. And so today we are talking about embellishing tones, embellishment tones, non-chord tones, whatever you want to call them, we're talking about them today. <laughs> and uh, so this would be a topic that often would be covered in you know a theory two, theory two setting. And so, Ben, you're going to start us off. And so talk to us a little bit about your composer and piece. Yes, my goodness. I, um, as some of you might know, I mentioned it last time, have worked on Composers of Color Resource Project. One of the pieces that I worked on with uh, Megan Long, hi, Megan, if you're listening, um, is by uh, Nathaniel Dett, or R. Nathaniel Dett, um, Canadian-American black composer, um, played organ, piano, choir director, also professor, um, so yeah, and shout out to Phil Yule as well for um, putting him on our radar. That's the reason why we analyzed this piece, actually, because in February he had featured composers and Nathaniel Dett was one of them. So we looked at his uh, Magnolias Suite, um, specifically Megan, uh, Megan and I's analysis is available on the Humanities Commons page. And we analyzed the first movement, which is indeed Magnolias. <laughs> Surprise. Um, but yeah, I was just really impressed with the embellishment um, that was there. Like I told you guys before we started the recording, it's a really fantastic piece. Beautiful appoggiaturas, um, suspensions, um, and if you look at the, uh, the form, is nice to look at. Um, like I said, our analysis is available, so I don't want to give you a blow-by-blow, blow, but I want you to hear these fantastic and beautiful um, and artistic um, embellishments. So I think just start it right from the, from the beginning, Paul. That E, I love the E sharp actually leading into uh -huh. that second phrase. I don't know how many of you, I don't have this going for me, but I know it's an E sharp. But yeah, uh, really fantastic chromaticized passing tones and mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for that lower, the lower voice chromatic line there. Oh, <laughs> yes, man, I love Isn't that, that nice. I love it. Oh man, the harmonic I just, language of that is really rich too. Yes, yes, totally. Um, 
Yes, it's great for. I would say like probably theory three for me. I would mm-hmm. I would like to use mm-hmm. the piece in the fall, and uh, I think I listened to it probably five or six times actually after Megan and I ended our, our Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and what year was this composed, Ben? What year was it composed? Or, or when? Uh, what? Not sure. What period? This is kind of early twentieth century. Is that right? It's either late nineteenth or early twentieth. Oh, know. actually. I see the copyright on the video. 1912 is the copyright. Okay, early 20th. There you go. That's great. That's great. Yeah. All right, Jen, what did you find on the embellishment right. tone, non-chord tone journey? So we have another Stephen Sondheim here. Right. This is the tune Anyone Can Whistle. And um, just go ahead and start it from the top. So I liked this example because it has lots of different kinds. So even just that opening line has a passing tone, a neighbor tone, um, and also an accented appoggiatura. There are several of those uh, in this tune. There are diatonic ones and chromatic ones. Um, so you've got kind of a mix of all of those things. And um, one of the best things, so the the first appoggiatura is that big leap on the word whistle. There's this big leap down on the word whistle. And the first note whist of the whistle is the non-chord tone. Um, so it's actually an escape tone, I guess. It's approach by step, left by leap. Later in the tune, after the, the person has kind of explained this situation, right? It's that phenomenon we've all experienced where it feels like everyone else can do something that's hard for you. Right. Anyone can whistle. Why can't I? And the the singer goes on to say, like, I can tango. I can read Greek. I can do all of these hard things. Why can't I whistle? And at the end, their realization is like, maybe you can help me learn to let go, learn to, you know, be more free. And then I can learn to whistle is the idea. And when they're having this realization of like, maybe someone else can help me, maybe I can learn to let go the dissonance on the appoggiatura actually switches or it becomes instead of an escape tone in appoggiatura, like the low note is what becomes the dissonant one and the held out one. So it's just kind of this interesting poetic thing that happens there too, but it has all the things, neighbor tones, passing tones, appoggiatura escape tones. Some of them are diatonic, chromatic, unaccented, accented. So lots of options in there. Yeah. And that's, that's of course, by Stephen Sondheim, wonderful mm-hmm. composer. We t- second time, second week in a row that we've uh, talked yeah. talked about him. And what living composer, but he is older than 50. Yes. He is he's 91 50. years old. Um, but I love the way he uses motives to help express the story in mm-hmm. his songs and in his musicals. That's a great, great example. All right. And my example is. Um, a piece by Omar Thomas, who is no relation 
Um, (laughs) He is a a black composer born in 1984, um, mostly well known for his big band and uh, concert band works. Um, Incredible musician. He was appointed to as he he appointed the position of assistant professor of harmony at Berklee College of Music at the age of 23. All right, so there's something to aspire to. Um, (laughs) If any of you, our listeners, are under the age of 23. Um, But this piece is called Emma Catherine, which is kind of funny because my youngest daughter's name is Emma Catherine. Um, But this was a a piece that he wrote for... um, uh, the University of Georgia graduate tuba quartet, which is sadly not for four tubas, but for two euphoniums and two tubas. That's actually the normal <laughs> normal instrumentation for a tuba quartet. Um, but this piece is was dedicated to uh, Dr. Langford and his wife uh, on the birth of their daughter. And so it's this really beautiful, lush, um, kind of a lullaby. And we'll listen to the beginning a little bit, but it's just packed with these appoggiaturas, uh, anticipations, uh, passing tones, and you'll hear a really nice appoggiatura at the very, very opening gesture. And he mentions, uh, Omar does in the program notes, how he used the, the kind of that motive that you're going to hear is kind of, is a, kind of a setting of the phrase Emma Catherine, how, how that kind of has this emphasis on Catherine, so Emma Catherine, and we're going to hear this line going Emma Catherine, and that appoggiatura is on that strong syllable of Catherine. And so we'll listen to it here. Here we go. So you can hear that Emma Catherine right there with that appoggiatura, not sung on those notes at all. Um, but I also like the fact that this is for a tuba quartet. So again, mm-hmm. an instrumentation that we don't normally see in the theory classroom, um, kind of acknowledging the interest, interesting music going on there. Was this a little bit easier to find examples? I mean, non-court tones, embellishing tones are everywhere in music. It's almost like you have to it's it's kind of you're sifting through a lot to find just the example that might work the best how do how did this go for you guys that's that was the challenge was finding the one that did all the things i wanted it to do mm-hmm. right so um if i was just going to find an example of a passing tone that would be pretty easy uh neighbor tone pretty easy but finding the example that did a lot of different things and did something interesting with them was the challenge mm-hmm. and uh but it was a fun it was a fun challenge because like you said you could you could automatically engage with just about any well really any repertoire i can't think of anything i've looked at that doesn't contain some <laughs> some note that's not in the chord um maybe drone that Bach, music the Bach prelude in c major or whatever might be the only one i can think of that's of interest but um yeah so it wasn't necessarily hard to find examples it was hard to find like the one that i wanted to to use yeah, definitely. It's great when you have a broad topic because that really allows you to engage any repertory. That's kind of the best part and the most fun part, honestly. 
I always like the kind of more bang for your buck example, though, too. You know, you have Mm -hmm. one really nice example. It has these um, either a nice metaphor or, uh, like you pointed out, Jen, some sort of poetic depth. But then also you have a lot of different types of embellishments or non-chord tones that you can that you can discuss with one example. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. You get a lot of, a lot of I sort of challenged myself with each of these rounds to choose something kind of like non uh, what's the right word? I mean classical, but that's none of our right. examples have been classical. But you know what I'm saying, to try to find music that was from, you know, popular music or jazz or something like that. And so I think all of my examples actually have words and singers and they are many of them, you know, recorded examples. But what I love too is, you know, the use of in the in the last one we did a choir piece, this tuba chord. I was listening to that and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's nothing more dreamy and amazing than like those low voice instruments in harmony. What is Melted better butter. than that?" Uh-huh. And probably many of our students have never even heard, well, at my students especially as choir students and like, mm-hmm. you know, many of them a lot of their exposure has been to things like worship music. So many of them have not even heard the majesty that is those sounds, that like rich harmonic language. So um, I like the idea too of pulling from ensembles and things that we don't typically hear in the theory classroom. I really appreciate those examples. Definitely. Awesome. So we made it halfway. We've made it halfway through our journey four examples by underrepresented composers and so we will be back next time uh, where we talk about modulation modulation Modulation. all right (laughs) we'll see you then